everyone. I hope you're having a great day. You're listening to TechFest Talks, a podcast by students for students. My name is Jasmine Kieran Ajamadu, and I am an S5 pupil from Robert Gordon's College. Academically, some of my interests are the human body and the French language. Outside of school, though, I love writing, playing music, and playing my favorite game. From what I've just said, it may be obvious that I'm not very well versed in the ins and outs of the energy industry, which is why I'm delighted to interview today's guest, Victoria Allen, and find out more about it. Hello, Victoria. How are you today? I'm good, Jasmine. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm great as well. Perfect. Um, so I'm going to just delve right into the questions um, for today. So for my first question, I was hoping that we could just start by you simply introducing yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as you already said, like my name is Victoria Allen um, and I am a mechanical engineer at a company called CNOC International, which operate out at Kingswells in Aberdeen. Um, but they're actually a, a global company that operate globally, primarily in China is where they are originally from. Um, but I've worked there for four years now um, and I graduated in 2017 with a master's in mechanical and offshore engineering. And before that, I was at Chemney Academy, which is quite local as well. Um, just a little bit out of the city. So, um, yeah. And then I guess in because because you mentioned what you like to do in your spare time as well. Um, I, I'm a really active STEM ambassador, so I really enjoy speaking to people like yourselves and just encouraging the next generation into the energy industry too. Um, and I've just recently kicked off a program for STEM ambassadors at CNOC as well. Um, but other than that, I just like doing like the normal typical things, like seeing my friends, because now that we're all out of uni, everyone's moved away. So you have to actually like dedicate weekends to see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and like going to the gym, seeing my, like just spending time with my dog, hill walking, holidays when you can and stuff like that. So that's a wee introduction. You sound like such a fascinating person. That's so interesting to hear. Um, so even moving on from what you've just said, in the terms of your career, I'm really fascinated by what that entails and why did your career and your um, path in the world of work why did that particularly attract you absolutely so um it sounds like we have quite a few similar interests I honestly loved but I'm guessing you do biology at school um <laughs> I literally loved biology but I was finding it hard because I I loved sciences at school like every single science you could do I was doing and maths as well when you're at that age you, it's so hard to know what you want to do or even have an idea what what the next step is and like the end of school is fast approaching and you're like oh my gosh like what's next like what do I do um and that was something that I think a lot of like me and my friends all struggled with. But I guess zoning in on the subjects that I kind of identified were my favorites, which was definitely maths and physics. Um, I just started to speak to like careers advisors and uh, looking at various opportunities and speaking to like family and family friends and just seeing what their opinions were. And uh, engineering just kind of seemed to be like a natural next step for maths and physics just out for my for my personal experience so I guess um that was kind of what attracted me to it was like the because primarily I just love problem solving like that was always something that just when you solved that problem you could never really like it sounds really nerdy but like you get like a high out of like when you fit like figure out something and you're like oh my gosh like that feel like so like empowered like yes I did it like that was such a good moment so that is basically what every day in my work can be like because there's a lot of problems that crop up um and it kind of is a constantly evolving 
uh, environment with various challenges coming up and being able to apply that problem solving that I've loved from such a young age to my job now is something that's really like rewarding for me um but my like current role I've I've been really lucky in my career so far is that only being there four years as a graduate um I've had literally four different roles because it's important when you're at such a young stage in your career to get that experience and get that awareness and not box yourself into one role for the rest of your life and think this is all I can do. Um, so I've been very fortunate that CNOC have really supported me and allowing me to explore other options and seeing like what I would maybe want to kind of hone in on for a longer, longer term future career path. Um, so I've had a few different roles that haven't necessarily just been engineering as well. Um, like my first role that was in the facilities engineering department and that was basically that was a lot of problem solving so it would be like various issues that have maybe come up uh like if a pump was too big for what it was required to do now it was like how you were going to redesign it and get it implemented and make it more efficient uh that was a lot of problem solving and then I moved into uh the hydrocarbon release prevention focal point role so that was a huge focus on safety because obviously our ultimate goal is always absolutely no oil and gas releases at, at any point point. Um, our environment is such a big part of everyday at work so um, I'm protecting the people fundamentally as well as the environment so that's a huge push so I had like an actual role dedicated to preventing that and how we were going to implement preventing that sort of focus and program to make sure that the, the focus was always on absolutely zero spills tolerated and zero uh, releases at all um, and that involved a lot of training I got to go to China with that role um, it was just really really interesting and uh, that was actually when we got to uh, a virtual reality kit rolled out across the company that I got to like basically roll out to everybody and take it to London and in Aberdeen and offshore and everything so yeah there's just there's so many different things that I've managed to achieve in a really short space of time um and that's, that's not amazing. meaning to sound big-headed at all it's just I'm very fortunate with the opportunities I've been given um, it's very inspiring that at such a relatively young age that you've been able to accomplish this much when I say it out loud I'm like oh that does actually sound like quite a lot but at the time it didn't feel like it was that much <laughs> so <laughs> But thank you very much. That is very kind of you to say, Jasmine. That's so interesting to hear. I'm so happy to hear about all of your endeavours. And honestly, I feel like with all the things that you've done so far, I feel like our next question, um, you're perfect to answer this. So I was thinking of asking about what are some of the issues that the energy industry faces today? Um, because I feel like you know, probably from all of the experience you've had so far, you would know quite a bit about that. I can certainly have a go. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> doing it. Um, I think it's there is you're exactly right when you say that there are a lot of issues that are facing the industry um, I think one of the most important ones for me is that as a young engineer coming into the industry the kind of press that surrounds the industry itself is not positive in any way I think anyone can look at that and say anybody else like any younger person trying to join this industry there's lots of negative connotations to it um nobody will realistically see that they want to see that as a like a, a long-term career there's lots of talk about how oil and gas is going to be a, a thing of the past before we know it um 
and and that I mean that is realistically it's not going to be a thing of the past before we know it we know that oil and gas is a finite resource so initially like eventually it will end and that is a known fact that can't be denied um but I think what's important to kind of change the narrative with me being a STEM ambassador one thing that I'm really passionate about is trying to change the narrative that young people I'm sure are reading about seeing on TikTok or wherever about how negative everything is but um we have like some of the the most important health and safety laws literally in the world and the focus on environment is huge and I don't think that's potentially shared enough um so I think that being able to be in a position as a STEM ambassador to educate the younger generation and and highlight all these great things that we are doing to improve the environment and to make ourselves cleaner as such in the industry and and everything is really important to pass on because there will be no future talent coming in if the kind of narrative continues the way it is and it's such an exciting potential industry to get involved in it's going to have decades and decades of it left and with all of the challenges that are also coming up from the government and from like global leaders etc then it's actually a really exciting time to join the industry as well um I mean as I'm sure you've probably seen in the news and and heard uh, at school and outside like there's obviously like urgent action that needs to be taken on climate change and that's top of the social political and all business agendas literally everywhere so um, like CNOC in particular, like we've been really um, forthcoming about how we're going to tackle net zero and the North Sea transition deal targets and like how we're going to manage the expectations and in shaping the future of the UK oil and gas industry. Um, so there's just there's huge there's huge, huge challenges. But fundamentally, as an engineer, that's the sort of thing that you thrive on because it is ultimately just problem solving yes. again. And how are you going to make things better? How are you going to improve the efficiency? How are you going to manage the people into diversifying their skills and uh, helping build their careers and their personal development as well? Like there's just, there's loads of different challenges that are out there. Um, and it could probably fill like 10 podcasts if you wanted. But, <laughs> you um, one, yeah. yeah, so I think there's, there's just... Um, there is a lot of issues facing the energy industry, but I think as long as we're all like educating each other and learning from each other and learning from the experience of people that have had previously and like looking at the path of where we need to go. So like, um, I don't know if you've maybe heard of the uh, EUK's Roadmap 2035. I've never heard of that, I don't no. think. So yeah. basically what that is, is... Um, OEUK, uh, they've just gone under a rebrand. They were OGUK previously, but they were, um, so they're Offshore Energies UK now instead of Oil and Gas UK. And I think that name change also just signifies like the actual, the significance of the dedication of the industry into making everything into a whole new, like that we acknowledge that the, the energy industry is changing and that name change really does reflect that that we are looking to diversify into um, cleaner energy and uh, but utilizing oil and gas to go alongside that as well. Um, so the roadmap 2035 is basically how we're going to achieve net zero. So net zero is when uh, 
the UK government set the target of 2050 to have net zero emissions. So that means that some greenhouse gases are still going to be released, but these are offset by removing the equivalent amount um, from the atmosphere and storing it. So like the, the we've got this roadmap 2035, which is basically outlining how the oil and gas industry is planning in the, in the UK North Sea is planning to accomplish that. Um, and it, it's quite, it's really interesting about how they're going to achieve it. And uh, it's its obviously, there's still a lot of unknowns because um, 2050 sounds like it's a long way away, but I'm sure it'll be here before well, we know it. Already, but it's already 2022. I, I can't know. believe how fast it's I, going. It's crazy, isn't it? I can't believe we like lost two years, basically. Basically, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it's going so fast. I'm not even that old, but I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't, you're definitely not. So please do not think that you are. Um, but yeah, it's basically like how we're going to all manage that, the roadmap 2035 yeah. and, and going forward. So it's a very exciting time to definitely join the industry with all these problems to face, but we're going to tackle them head on and uh, come out successful at the other end. Yeah, I think considering the fact that engineering is full of problem solving and now there are big problems that need to be solved, it's like the best time to join the industry and have a head start and start and solving all these problems absolutely really amazing answer and also for teaching me about net zero because I did not know exactly what that was though I'd heard about it yeah um, but I did know something pretty interesting that you said um which was about offshore and I believe that you've worked offshore before yes which is, is why I was thinking about asking um, about the importance of working offshore and how it differs from you working on land. Absolutely. So I was very lucky. My uh, graduate program at work actually does um, one of the things that actually really made me attracted to the that job in particular was that we do a secondment offshore so that it's usually between 12 to 18 months. Unfortunately, COVID had other ideas for my length yeah. of um, placement. Oh, but COVID. Yeah. Yeah, we, <laughs> we couldn't avoid it. So, um, but the, I think I've, I have been very lucky in that I have spent quite a bit of time offshore. I did a few like few trips while I was actually working offshore as a member of the core crew but then I've also done a number of visits as well um so I think some of the main differences is obviously the environment you are literally working in the middle of the sea so the first trip that I ever went on it honestly looked like the Mediterranean like it was blue waters so calm it was like a mill pond it was just so nice and I signed me up (laughs) I know honestly and it was so sunny as well it was really really warm which because you have to wear all this like personal protective equipment outside like hard hat boots um coveralls glasses etc it it can get really really warm (laughs) so you're like oh my gosh there's literally no way you can get a tan because you're literally covered from head to toe (laughs) so um but (laughs) it is it can be really really nice obviously there's days where it's not as nice um like today I can imagine it's not that nice um but the typical working day so obviously one massive perk of working offshore is the time off when you're not offshore um so my company for example we do a very good rota that you work two weeks away but you get three weeks off so it's a pretty good balance yeah it's Mm. very fair so it's that's pretty good um so you obviously get that great time off, but to compensate for that, the days that you actually work offshore are a bit longer. So like you'd be speaking like 
a typical nine to five here or eight to five or whatever the working day might be for uh, like that sort of idea but um offshore it's usually like 12 hours um so like six till six or seven till seven it just depends um but like one of the things that I I think is massively overlooked is how valuable the people are offshore um like these people are literally keeping everything running smoothly doing maintenance is required and that is all to make sure that uh, we ultimately as a company are delivering the energy demands that we need to deliver to keep everything in the UK like still contributing to the energy supply of the UK uh, to, to make sure that everyone's still got their heating their electricity that we've got everything we need for like manufacturing and and all of that and there's such a huge huge part of that um one of our assets i think produced about when it was at the at its peak um production was producing 10% of the uk's energy demand uh on its own every day so there's it's a, a huge it's a lot <laughs> exactly <laughs> when you put it into perspective like that it is a lot so um yeah it, that's why it's so important that we need to make sure that everything's running smoothly because suddenly if you've lost 10%, then where is it going to come from? So um, exactly. So it, I mean, it's a constant cycle. And another massive perk that I personally found is that everyone offshore is lovely. They literally just treat you as one of their own. They like take you in as part of the family. They're so knowledgeable. Like they're literally know the plant inside out and they know you can like say, oh, like, where's this? And they're you can be like oh it's on level two of this platform in the corner or whatever like they just because they've spent so much time there and they're so experienced um the knowledge that they have is invaluable so it's a brilliant learning opportunity as a young engineer because I always say to them if I could even have a tenth of the knowledge that you have I would be in a great place and they're like they always are like oh, don't say that but uh they're just so knowledgeable and know how to fix things at the slightest change or monitoring trends or whatnot and they're like oh that's changed a little bit we need to go and adjust this blah 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 it's it's just fascinating just being there and being in the environment the food is amazing by the way uh, <laughs> like next level like uh, one of a fun fact is one of our um chefs on our golden eagle platform actually left to go and become roger federer's personal chef so Whoa. the food is good <laughs> to is, put that, that mildly that's all i needed to hear <laughs> exactly so and then we've got like fillet steak nights like they've got different it's it's a, it's a good place to be for food alone so that sounds so interesting honestly i didn't i basically know nothing about going offshore but hearing about how important it is for supplying the uk's energy and also the good food that exactly. is amazing to hear. It's a win-win. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it's so interesting to hear. And um, I also want to reference another thing that you said earlier, which is about um, oil and gas being finite um, and how that obviously is meant that the energy industry is in the process of evolving to adapt to that. Mm -hmm. um, so I was wondering, from your experience, if you have come across any types of renewable energy that are promising for um, helping to solve this problem I suppose? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, renewable energy is obviously something that's been around for a long, long time um, and it's been implemented at various stages. And I'm sure that um, being from Aberdeen as well, you can see wind turbines floating around literally in yeah. the sea and all around us. So um, that I would say that the kind of most promising ones is uh, like wind and solar, um, particularly for Scotland initially. Um, I'm sure that that will evolve and change over time. But at the current moment, I would say wind is probably, and this is all just my personal opinion, but I would say wind is probably the most uh, promising one at this point. I think offshore wind is something that's going to become a much bigger uh, opportunity um, and um, there's been things in, in the news recently about various wind farms that are going to be going up around Aberdeen and the, Scotland and the UK, and uh, which is, is really exciting. I mean, that, that's just like already highlighting like how many uh, job opportunities that will be created and uh, the just kind of expanse of what's already existing in that field and how, how much that's going to grow. Um, so that's really exciting. Solar energy, um, that's obviously maybe not as good for the UK because we don't get that much sun. But surprisingly, <laughs> surprisingly, it is actually still very effective because uh, I did a STEM ambassador session with um, a local class and they were asking about uh, solar panels and I did some research into it because that's something that I, I personally don't deal with every day but um, I did some research and I found out that uh, despite even on overcast days you can still get a lot of energy from the sun um, which I was like oh that is, yeah and there's there's various types of exactly so because I have often seen like just driving around and you see various houses with solar panels and I'm like how, how effective is that but surprisingly yes it is um but there's also other types of renewable energy so like hydropower is like from waves and uh like or, or dams or etc that's also very very effective um it's just maybe not as uh first choice I would say and there'll be a number of reasons why that will be the case it'll either be like the environment if it's too difficult to maintain or if it's not reliable enough um, or the costs can be a huge implication as well like if it's far too expensive or just not viable then that's going to be a big no-go um, but I mean there's there's also like geothermal energy to look at so the the heat that's coming from the earth itself um, there's a lot of that in New Zealand with like the the geysers and and things like that, um, and even biomass as well. So from plants and other just general organic waste um, as well. There's there's loads of opportunities, and I think that's also just really exciting as well because just because that's kind of the ones that are of the moment now, that's not to say that there's going to be adapting to other ones or like hybrid types or anything like that. So it's really exciting for sure. Yeah, I think that's, it's so cool how, first of all, how many different types of renewable energy are out there, um, but also the fact that you mentioned how we can move into offshore um, wind farming, um, is that the word for it? Yeah, the word for it. yeah, oh, yeah offshore that. wind farming. We'll that's make it, it a word. <laughs> we'll just make it a word, yeah. Um, and also the fact that if being offshore and working with oil and gas, but the fact that we're moving into renewable energy as well, means that young people that are going into the energy industry will have a variety of skills, not just to do with oil and gas, but with other types of energy. And I think that's really cool. Absolutely. I mean, mm. I can't highlight enough how important transferable skills will be 
come for people that are working in the energy industry already um as it's like predominantly oil and gas and then having that ability to just switch and adapt and grow themselves as well into being able to be flexible to join whatever interests them or managing the change and the the development in away from oil and gas into other opportunities as well so it it is it's really exciting um to have that opportunity in someone's career as well is also very unique because there's historically a lot of people not just in Aberdeen but globally in like oil and gas hubs that have only worked in oil and gas whereas like our generation is going to be the first to kind of witness the change and the the kind of natural progression from oil and gas into a more sustainable and renewable energy source which is really exciting for anyone um thinking of joining it or uh just wanting a general challenge as well it's great yeah and that perfectly moves on to some of my next questions which i'm sure you'll be amazing at answering which is the opportunities that a career in the energy industry offer and also the skills that young people can develop and gain from it yeah absolutely they're, they're great questions jasmine so i think one thing that is like really hard to actually give a definitive answer for because it's, it's literally there are so many transferable skills regardless of what interests you um like i'm obviously an engineer but that doesn't necessarily mean you need to be an engineer like you can be a chemist a lawyer a communications specialist uh, an accountant someone that works in health and safety someone that works in the supply chain and is like sourcing materials etc or even uh, down to like um, our, we, at my work, we have a huge focus on corporate social responsibility and, and how we are um, working in partnership with the communities in which we operate in. So uh, whether that's uh, working with local charities, uh, working with STEM initiatives um, and, and making a positive impact where we work. So even when it comes to that, we have people that are dedicated to that exact role, um, whether it's HR, it, it's literally endless. Um, so there's so many opportunities. It could be working offshore, it could be uh, more of a management level. Uh, there's, there's also just endless opportunities uh, to travel, especially if you're working for like a global company that do operate worldwide. Um, and the, the other good thing is that the, the, the career itself does come with a lot of good rewards um so you, you get well rewarded for the work that you do it, it can be hard it can be challenging but um there's lots of different perks that you get and benefits alongside that um too which which also helps because ultimately like you you need to have job satisfaction but if you can have that yeah. alongside a good work life balance as well that's also really important i think that's something that covid's really showed us as well is like how important it is to make time for yourself too um, and make sure that like you're happy with your life outside of your work too and that's something that my work really do um and they're very good at encouraging that um I'm really lucky that my work we get every second Friday off um so we just well, make really nice yeah it's it's honestly like every second weekend being a long weekend is just the sort of it's it honestly just changes your whole perspective on the week because you only have like one full working week and then the next week you're like oh it's only like a four-day week this week and like just something like that is also just it just changes your whole perspective um so I mean getting supported in that way is is really really good too I guess from the skills development um that you'd mentioned um it really 
also depends on what your interests are and what you want to achieve. So um, I think the core ones that will literally never go wrong um, would be like communication that is invaluable. Um, that doesn't matter what job you're in. Communication is so important. You'll know from school as well how important it is. Definitely. <laughs> Um, and critical thinking problem solving and then ultimately teamwork um because at the end of the day working in a company such as uh the one that I work in is teamwork you're one big team and you're all driving to achieve the same goal so um teamwork is invaluable as well um a few other ones that are kind of uh, that I, I, I can certainly say that I've definitely gained and I know a lot of my colleagues would say the same. It's like adaptability um, because you never know necessarily what's going to come next, especially as an engineer, there could be something breaks down or something needs to get fixed now and there's only one left in like the whole of the UK or something and you need to get that one. And it, it's there's a lot of like changes that can happen quickly or if something suddenly works and you're like, oh, well, this scope that's been planned we don't need to do that right now um I think project management um one thing that my work really do is like focus everything kind of like as a mini project so you really do get a lot of experience like you'll know from school if you're doing like uh, a project or if you're doing like an essay or something like you've got to plan it out then you write it and then you yeah. review it and stuff it's exactly like that um every single day so the skills that you're learning now at school will be invaluable going forward in your career regardless of what industry that's in um just like little life lessons that you'll be learning at school will take you forward for literally decades to come um I think leadership is another one that you'll definitely develop and gain especially as you go on a graduate level because certainly from my experience they really want the graduates to succeed and become future leaders um and having opportunities uh, to lead things on your own or speak openly in front of a team of experienced people that are much more experienced than you never gets not daunting, but uh, you do it. And then suddenly it's like, it's a sense of accomplishment as well. Um, and time management, that is a huge one um, because it, there's a lot of things that are time pressured uh, and, that is something that you definitely learn to adapt with. It's it's something people are naturally very good at or naturally maybe not so good at. Um, but it's it's definitely something you develop and learn quickly as well. I think it's really nice to hear that the energy industry has so many different careers for so many different interests, which means that basically anyone can get into it if they find what they really like. And I also really like how there's so many opportunities for continued learning throughout your career and also a lot of support and um the promotion of work-life balance it's always really nice to hear that um and it's really interesting to know that no matter what career you choose to do and even if you're in the energy industry for a point and then you decide to move into a different industry all of the skills that you develop are more than perfect for any sort of career you go into Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that, Jasmine. That is hitting the nail on the head for sure. And basically from all you've told me, I've learned so much today. Honestly, it's so interesting. <laughs> I'm really glad I could help. So thank you. It's been lovely to talk to you. You too. And finally, this is my last question for today, um, is whether in just in general, you have any words of advice for listeners who are interested in delving into the energy industry? 
Absolutely. Um, my, I think to keep it as simple as possible, I would say just go for it. Um, there's great opportunities. I hope that I've maybe highlighted them a little bit in this podcast, but um, I, my personal kind of go-to is I always say just like seize every opportunity that you're given because at the end of the day, you're always going to learn from it. You might not necessarily like it or think that it's been a huge help, but ultimately you're going to have personally grown from that or identified something you don't want to do or something that really interests you and sparks a new passion or something. Um, I think that's that's something to really just keep in mind. Um, the energy industry is not for everyone. And I, I completely understand that there is a lot of negative press out there. It doesn't look appealing for everybody, I'm sure. It does have its challenges. Um, and especially being female, that can be quite a challenge. Um, so you do have to be quite resilient if you're going to be working offshore, for example. There you are usually the only female offshore there might be a couple more but that's that is it for now that is something that is evolving and improving though um but I think if you want a rewarding diverse of continuously evolving career that has lots of endless opportunities um one fact that I think is really important to highlight is that part of the OEUK's 2035 roadmap is that um, one of their things that they are dedicated to doing is supporting 130,000 jobs across the energy spectrum and they still need to attract 40,000 people and a quarter of those roles are brand new roles that nobody knows what they're actually going to be yet but that was a study done by RGU a few years ago and I think that's really important to highlight because there's so many options there that we don't even really know what they are yet and how they're going to look and what they're going to uh, end up being like or involving whether it's like tech-based roles um or just new types of engineering roles it's it's literally limitless at this point um so I think it's a great choice um of career and I'm certainly looking forward to spending my career within the energy industry and helping tackling some of the challenges that are there already um so yeah I would just say just go for it um and just see what you think and uh I'm sure that there'll be lots that you can learn and it'll be a very rewarding career in the long run. Yeah, I think for all of our listeners out there today, knowing that there are so many new roles out there that probably no one's ever done, I feel like having the opportunity to do something new, especially if you're unsure about what you want to do, is amazing. And it's really good that the energy industry can offer that. And um, that was actually the last of my questions for today. So Victoria, a huge thank you goes out to you um, for um, answering my question today. I'm very grateful and also for just such an interesting and informative interview. I am taking away so much new information and I'm sure our listeners are too. And thank you to everyone who's listening today. Um, make sure to tune in for more episodes from Tech Talks and bye for now. Mm-hmm.